Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Check out the Hog Talk Podcast, the newest addition to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Find it on hitthatline.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Hog Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing. The Hot Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you could still be in on the action at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorback. Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Highly Questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and a former <laughs> heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback Baseball and the Ladybacks. They, you know, we're polar opposites. Missouri is returning... 85% of their scoring from last year or whatever it is, we're returning, I don't know, 5% of our offense from last year. So um, two completely different teams. No, I mean, he's he's sore. He's, uh, you know, there's nothing that's that's long-term, meaning, um, you know, it's, there's, there's nothing to, to my knowledge as of today that's broken or anything like that. But he's, he's you know, he's really swollen and really sore and, um you know, I'm probably not worth speculating one way or the other, um, you know, because we're, you know, we're, we're under 24 hours from, from when the injury, but it's, it's a deep uh, uh, bone bruise. Coach Musselman there on Justin Smith and his injury that he sustained on the road against Auburn. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Yo, what's going on, Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere? Welcome to the Hawk Talk Podcast. Thank you guys so much for downloading, listening. As always, we say it all the time, thanks for being here and listening, being a part of what we do. We really do appreciate it. We've got, there's no guest on this show, on this Friday show. Oh, and by the way, Happy New Year's to everybody. We're recording this. Coach Cabo and I, this is a first, by the way, recording on a Thursday afternoon. So that this is a first between he and I. And then of course it's the New Year's. We're gonna talk, we're gonna talk some Discord questions. We got a lot of them. And we're gonna go over uh, yeah, we're gonna go over the basketball 
uh, what the Razorbacks did on the road against Auburn and kind of get get you set up a little bit. Or we'll just kind of go over the Missouri game, really. But yeah, Happy New Year's to everybody. Cabo, how are you doing, man? Doing good. Got through Christmas unscathed so far, and <laughs> look, look looking to ring in the new year. Gonna go out to the in-laws on Saturday, and we're just gonna kind of lay around and watch some football tomorrow. So. Yeah, happy new year to everybody. I hope everybody had a good Christmas. Stay safe out there. Weather's not much fun right now. So yeah, just stay safe, stay in, and don't get in too much trouble. We um I didn't I didn't say this before we started recording, but I wanted to ask you and the audience, and I thought about putting this out on Twitter too and Facebook. Okay, Bo, what's your favorite hog moment of twenty twenty? Favorite hog moment of 2020. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a really good one. I, I guess it would be the kickoff of the very first game against Georgia, because we we got to that point and we didn't know. Mm. And to follow that up, we we got through ten games. So yeah, get to have a football season was really big for me. And getting these young guys in and getting to see a little resurgence. You know, it wasn't it, they exceeded expectations in my eyes because they won oh, three man. games. I said they'd go two and eight. Mm-hmm. The, the ceiling was four wins, and the I think the basement was zero. So they came out with three. But, yeah, getting that first first game in and knowing that we had a little bit more to look forward to as a, as a fan base was really big for me. I, I'm pretty similar. I'm, I'm right there with you. With the uh, the season even happening to begin with, but I think I guess my favorite moment is again pretty similar. It's it's Sam, the Sam Pittman era beginning the way that it that it did, and I was right there with you too. I had them at two and eight with their yep. with with the you know the worst being zero and ten, with the best maybe five and five if you absolutely blew away expectations. I think they still managed to blow away expectations because most people were with us or worse had Arkansas like one and nine or zero and ten if they were lucky two and eight realistically I mean we all Razorback fans count the Auburn game as like an asterisk or a win (laughs) you look back at the LSU game whether it's the the uh the horrible horrible uh no clear recovery call early in the game that would have put you at like the LSU 25 yard line or something uh, you know, you go back to Mizzou not having your starting quarterback, although KJ, what a performance by him, but still, like, you didn't have Catalan. You lost Morgan later on in that game. Everything just kind of fell apart, but you realistically, had you been healthy, you could have won that game. You, Arkansas could have been a four or five win team this year. So I think they still blew away all expectations. So I'm right there with you. Even having the season and then just the the year one, or as I call it, the year zero, because of you know because of the coof coof because of COVID. That's right. <laughs> it's year zero. So yeah, I I uh, they blew away expectations in my opinion. So that's that that's my great takeaway. You guys, let us know. You can reach out to us. Your favorite 2020 takeaway for Hog Sports doesn't have to be football. It could be basketball. This great start. They're off to a 9-0 and run here. What a game. Uh, I watched that thing even while cooking dinner on my iPad. I'm sitting there like flipping. You know, we ate ham steaks and mashed potatoes and, and sweet peas for dinner. So I'm sitting there flipping my ham steak, watching hey, the game were, on my you iPad. You were in madness mode last night. Dude, I was, yeah, I was messaging you guys. I was pacing the floor. I'm that way with like, especially in conference play in, in, in uh, basketball. I just get yeah. so into the game especially when they're when they're pretty close so 
we'll start there. You uh, you watched the game. Well, I think we all did. Yeah. What was your what did you kind of what did you think of that? We'll go over the numbers here in a minute, but what were you what was your uh, what's your takeaway from this game? Arkansas winning by 12, 97 to 85 on the road against Auburn. Man, if you would have told me that Auburn shot 52% and hit 15 threes, I would have said, "Great job, tough <laughs> loss." But and, and that just goes to show you the grit of this team. Justin Smith goes down, does not play in the second half. Mm. So, we're we're basically playing with a five six man rotation. And the, the guards, they played tough, gritty. Desi Seals, Note, mm. those guys, they just they just showed how gritty they are. And tough. Yeah, and a lot of national pundits gave Arkansas a little bit of respect last night. They said this is a team to watch out for now that they could go on the road and score 97 points at Auburn that had won 50 of their last 54 games at home, I believe. I think so, yeah. So th- that, that was really big. So watching these guys, you know, face a little adversity, first road game of the year, and I'm, I hate that the Tulsa game got canceled, seeing as how they upset old, uh, Houston the other night. So yeah. uh, great that we got to come out with a win on the road at Auburn and put up some really good numbers, as you mentioned. Yeah. So speaking of the respect factor, uh, Gary Parrish from CBS Sports today put Arkansas in his top twenty-five. Um, now, I don't know if that was actually a power poll or if that was his rank. I'm trying to pull it up here. Uh, college basketball rankings, undefeated Tennessee wins first game versus ranked team. Hands Missouri first loss. That was a spanking. That wasn't a loss. They absolutely they throttled Mizzou, beat yeah, them by that, 20. That was a drubbing. Could have beat them by more. But he has Arkansas on his list at uh, just behind, actually, in the SEC, behind Missouri at 22nd. Sitting at nine and zero, comparing that to uh, Missouri, who's six and one, some uh, some good company there. Louisville's behind you at six and one on his list. LSU, you know, Will Wade, old, old money stacks. Will Wade at twenty five. Let and- it rain. Uh. <laughs> oh well, you know, Will Wade gonna Will Wade. I mean, uh, that guy. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I I every chance I get, and Kyle will tell you, I rip on him. I just. It is what oh, it yeah. is. I get it. Will but. Wade is to you as Mike Leach is to Kyle. Yeah, I, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's funny you brought that up. Uh, Mississippi State and that brawl. Holy cow. That was oh, incredible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it yet, I'm sure you have. I mean, I don't know who in the, who – if you're not on social media or, or, you know, watch – get your daily dose of ESPN. If you haven't seen that yet, you need to go watch it. It's crazy. Uh, we're going back to this game, though. Arkansas – yeah, I'm, I couldn't believe Auburn. I think they wound up. I thought it was like eleven threes in the first half. It ended up being nine, but still, that was incredible. They were just letting you talk about letting it rain. They were they were dropping dimes out on the perimeter. And like I said on the live show last night on the post game PTN show on YouTube, I, there were too many open looks. That was really my only negative. The entire game in that first half was the open looks. That Auburn was given by Arkansas's defense, but you got to give you have to give Auburn a ton of credit. I mean, they forced some of those open looks and and were on fire. So going down the numbers really quick, Auburn shot fifty two percent from the floor, twenty eight of fifty four, fifteen of twenty nine. They shot almost fifty two percent at three point range on twenty nine attempts. That is incredible. 14 to 24 at the free throw line. That's where it really hurt them. So you're just south of 59% there. They got a little bit of production off their 
off their bench. Johnson got them uh, 21 points off the bench. They turned the ball over, and this to me was the key. I saw Auburn fans complaining and moaning about, well, had we made free throws, we win this game. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You turn the ball over 19 times to Arkansas's 10. I'm sorry, but uh, they couldn't pay at the place or pay at play at the pace. If I could stop getting my my uh, getting my tongue twisted, they couldn't they couldn't play at the pace that Arkansas was playing at. As the game went on, they couldn't do it. They didn't have the depth, and Arkansas was able to do this without Justin Smith. Their leading scorer came off the bench again. Johnson with 21. Their second leading scorer was uh, Flanagan. I love how Powell, uh, who's Jimmy Dykes is you would think that Powell like walked on water. Oh yeah, there, there's there's some love, there's a romance going on there for sure between Jimmy Dykes and Justin Powell. One phenomenal night. <laughs> one of eight. One of eight from the floor over three at three point range. The best thing he did all night was the nine assists. Don't get me wrong, you're gonna take that all day long with two steals. Oh, yeah. He turned the ball over uh seven times and wound up with four points. So Jimmy's boy didn't exactly have yeah, a phenomenal not, not, night. Yeah, not the performance you want if you're looking to be all SEC like he was in or all American in, in Jimmy Dykes' eyes last night. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I I agree. I thought I I thought the best player on the floor for both teams for me it was it was Desi Sills, and I think that probably goes without saying. He's your leading scorer, 23 points for the Razorbacks. So. Going down the numbers, uh, 49% from the floor for Arkansas. That's that's pretty damn good, 32 of 65. You were 9 of 28 at a three-point range. It's 32%. I, I think that's okay considering the amount of uh, ugly shots they took out on the, uh, the three-point line there, out on the perimeter. I thought their shot selection could have been a little bit better. Um, you know, surprise, surprise. Uh, Jackson goes 0 for 2 at three point range, 0 for 2 from the floor, no points uh, on the night. I don't actually have his minutes on my on my list here, but uh, you then you you were. I think this was probably 12 minutes. yeah, 12 minutes for Jackson. Was it 12 minutes? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not exactly someone you want with the with with uh, you know you don't want the ball in his hands offensively. I like how he plays on defense though. He's he's capable of. Maybe a block and maybe a steal or two. He can get his hands in there and he can get a little physical, but he's not someone who uh, on the offensive end you expect much from. By the way, with Justin Smith out, I have a feeling that's who you're going to end up seeing play in that role. Either him, maybe Ethan Henderson, or maybe see a little bit more Jalen Williams if they decide to go with two, maybe a four and a five on the floor. So, but uh, yeah, Desi Seals with your most points, 23. Uh, your starters, Vanover Smith, Moody Seals Tate, not a bad. That seems to be the normal, the the your normal starting five. But again, I thought Seals was phenomenal. Tate doesn't get enough credit for what he did last night. That guy, a couple steals, four assists. Um, didn't turn the ball over as as much. Uh, he did, of course, got in foul trouble. Nothing new there. He had four fouls, but uh, got to see Devo last night. Two of three from the floor. He managed four points. Not a bad night for him. Couple steals. He had an assist, a rebound. Not a not a bad night for for Devo. For I think he had. I need to refresh this. I think he had like was it four minutes? Yeah, he played nine minutes last night. And the nine biggest minutes. thing that's gonna yeah, and it's gonna earn him some more minutes going into conference play because of his hustle. Mm-hmm. That kid plays with, with a high motor, and that's what must of course he loves. Yeah, because he has a high motor himself. But yeah, that that's really big, especially if you're gonna have some of these guys 
you can't play five, six guys, 35 plus minutes no. going in, into the stretch that we're about to have, especially <laughs> playing these ranked teams early. So you need guys like Devo Davis. I hope Jalen Williams will get some more looks and mm-hmm. he plays a little bit more consistent. That's the thing that's been holding him back is his consistency so far. But yeah, really glad to see Devo out there last night doing what he does best. I, like you said, this stretch gets really freaking hard because you got Mizzou no matter what you think of them I don't think they're a top 15 team are they worthy of being top 25 yeah probably not a lot of turnover from a year ago a lot of guys back from Mizzou they're somewhat deep but then you've got to go on the road to Tennessee right who's probably they I mean they look like a final four team then you come back home uh, on the SEC network you're going to play Georgia and Bud Walton and I think they're one loss on the year. Then you're back on the road against uh, against Money Stacks, on the road against LSU, and on the road against Bama. It's about to get ridiculously, <laughs> compared to what you started out with, it's about to get really tough. And I agree. You're going to need all hands on deck. You're going you're gonna to have to have a stable rotation of guys that you can lean on that play with that you know, with that, uh, with that tempo that, like you said, that Musselman likes to play with. Um Mizzou, Tennessee, Georgia, your next three games. How do you see that playing out, Cable? Do you two and one, one and two? Maybe they surprise everybody, go three and oh. What do you think? Yeah, I I think at best we're two and one, but I think we'll end up one and two out of this. Uh, It'll be, I'm glad we have Missouri at Bud Walton on Saturday. That's going to be key. And I know the the crowd not being there is, is a huge factor, only having 4,400 there. Mm. But we're back at home. We're back in our own bed, our rims, our floor. That's going to be really key for us. Um, I hate that it's, uh, well, it's a three-night turnaround now. Days are kind of messed up with the holiday. But, yeah, going from a Wednesday to a Saturday is better than going from Thursday to Saturday. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be really key that we – if we can get that one, we have a shot. I just, I just don't see us beating Tennessee right now. They're just, they're that much better. They have the talent, the experience on the floor, and then I think in Georgia's kind of a toss up. I, I think it could go either way. So hopefully we're not too beat up coming out of Tennessee and we're able to uh, take it to Georgia. I'm looking at our our uh, our home games this year, assuming they all happen. Um. When you consider what Arkansas did going on the road, beating Auburn, who does not under Pearl, they don't lose at home. They lost by 12, and I think Arkansas gave them some mercy points there at the end because they wanted the ball in their hands so they could, you know, put the just completely in the game so they could burn up more time. And of course, we had that dunk there in the final seconds, but you realistically could have beaten these guys by more. That's not exactly. The score doesn't tell the whole story. This was this was kind of a, a Arkansas holding the lead the whole game, but Auburn constantly a threat because of their ability to knock down threes. They were always in the game, but I never felt like Arkansas, and I, and I hate to say this, I never felt like Arkansas was truly going to lose this game. They were in control. So considering what they did on the road to Auburn and looking at their home games, I'm not kidding when I say this. I really think they probably could win out at home or maybe lose like, you know, you got Florida on this on the 16th of February. That that could be a pretty tough game. Alabama, who is better than what they were a year ago, and LSU at home. And then uh, you go on the road to close it out on the year against South Carolina. They are garbage this year. South Carolina, I've watched them play at least once this year. I'm not impressed. Their record reflects that. Do they get better? Possibly. I mean, this these are – 
the SEC, if you could say anything, the quality of coaches in this league has gotten so much better over the last seven or eight years, and you could look at South Carolina as an example of that. Also, Arkansas, obviously, I think he's an upgrade to Mike Anderson. But I look at their home schedule, man. I'm not kidding. I really think they could – it wouldn't shock me that they win out. Now, your road games, Tennessee, LSU, Oklahoma State – your uh, your final non-conference game of the year on the 30th of, of January, that is going to be tough. Uh, Kentucky, yeah, they look like garbage. Cal has but, a reputation of getting better. Yeah, and, and the, Cal's thing is, he don't care what they look like now. They want to be gelling by the time February, March gets here. But I talked with a friend of mine, Sean Smith, of GoBigBlueCountry.com, that we may have on the podcast at some point talking Ooh. about the Kentucky game says he doesn't think they're going to figure it out. You know, they have wow. some turmoil right now. They dismissed a kid. He came back. So there's a little bit of entitlement issues from what I'm told that's going on inside the Kentucky program that you usually don't have with the, those five stars, believe it or not. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we can get to the point, I think this is a 12, six at best 13, five team. You know, yeah. if we if we look at it realistically, you know, that gives us a really good shot uh, going into March. I agree. And Kentucky, if they don't get it fixed, that'd be nice to go into Rupp and get a win there. And then you turn around, you're on the road. How big would that make the Mizzou game on the road the following game? You know, in the following week on the 13th, and then you're at home against Florida. You got an interesting. You have an interesting beginning to the season. Because it's, it's tough. I mean, Auburn, yeah, you won, and, and you won by 12, and you've got Mizzou, and you got Tennessee and Georgia and LSU. But then you look at the way the season closes out. I like the way the year closes out. So far, I like the way it closes out. Because I, I don't really know what to think about A&M just yet. They're sitting at 5-2, and 0-1 oh in conference play. Uh, Alabama, I do think, is better than what they were a year ago, but they are still 6-3. and three. They haven't. I don't think they have any wins under their belt right now that are like, you got to take a, a, a second look at. It is early. It is early. I'll admit that. A lot could change. We know how this is. Once you get into conference play, it doesn't seem to matter what you did. And again, like Cabo mentioned, they usually get it figured out, but according to Cabo's pal there, it may not be the case. But I, I, I'm still with Calipari and the talent that he has. You never know. But I'm going to take a, a Kentucky insider's word over my own for sure. But you just never know with Cal. I hope they don't get it figured out. <laughs> yeah, it could be like Archie Goodwin's freshman year when I think they went one and Q out of the NIT. Or yeah, I think that was the worst oh. season that they've had since Cal's been there. So yeah, we're <laughs> who knows? It's kind of like the, during the football season, we, we thought LSU would be down a little bit off losing everybody, but we didn't think they would be as bad as they were giving up 48 a game and exactly having to overhaul the whole coaching staff. So it, it may play out like that with basketball and be survival of the fittest at the end. And the way Muss runs his program sets up perfect for us. It does. I agree. And, again, the talent, the depth, the size, all these things. Oh, my gosh, this team. You know, and I, I said this before, and I think it was Kyle and I that talked about it, like, Normally, you're concerned about your matchups because, you know, Arkansas, especially under Mike, and even year one under Musselman, like if you if you had to deal with someone that had depth, that was a problem. Maybe they didn't have all the talent in the world, but if they had good depth, that was a problem. Then the next week, it's like, well, they've got size. That's a problem to the last several years, other than, you know, when you had Gafford or Bobby Portis or whatever. But especially when you look back on last year and the year before that, 
is like you had all these matchup issues. Well, these guys, they play too up-tempo. They're too fast. They're transition. They're good on transition offense and defense. I look outside, don't get me wrong, Arkansas's transition defense does need a little bit of work. I think if anybody wanted to highlight a concern, that would probably be it. Some of the junk shots taken by players like J.D. Uh, JD Note, a couple other guys that take these junk shots that are contested threes or whatever. But I don't see that being an issue this year. It's like there's no – I don't see a matchup that's like that's a problem. That's going to be a problem. They've got too much size. I don't, I don't see that being the case this year. Maybe I'm wrong. And that goes not only for tournament play, but it goes for SEC play where every team – well, not every team, but most teams are different than the last team that, that you just faced. You know, this team has a has an All-American or whatever, has a, a possible first-round draft pick. Yeah, well, Arkansas's got Moses Moody. Arkansas has size. They've got speed. They have depth, talent, athleticism. They have it all. That's a good thing, and that's what comes with depth. That's what comes with a, a, a coach that doesn't mind going into the transfer portal, as we all know. Uh, <laughs> Muscleman, like, lives in the transfer portal. There's no doubt about that, and I have no problem with him doing that. I know there's some people that don't like that, I think it it gives you so many different levels of an advantage that you need, you know, especially, you know, come conference time and then tournament time. You get these guys, uh, I mean, look at what you have this year. Connor Vanover stretches the floor out. Seven-foot-three guy that can knock down threes. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he doesn't have to, to go very far. He can reach over players to get rebounds. He, I mean, he's going to average – you know he's gonna he's gonna block people out of the out of Bud Walton Arena this year. He forces you to alter your shots inside the paint. Uh, Smith, who's been a huge part of your of your of your of your positives in 2020 so far. You know you just go down the list. It's like there's so many things that are great about this team. Doesn't mean they're they're that you can't beat them. We know there's going to be a team they're going to face, and, and it could very well be Mizzou. For all we know, I don't know. Someone's going to beat them. They're not going to go undefeated. That's just that's just not something that happens. I forgot the year that Kentucky did it in the regular season. When was that? Twenty. When did they go undefeated in conference or in, in the in the regular season? It's twenty. Four, was it fourteen? Fourteen, I think. I'll have to look that up. But yeah, it was, I think it was right after Anthony Davis. I think yeah, I think it was. I think it was one of their one of their most talented teams. In the next season, they turn around and they go undefeated in the regular. I think it was twenty fourteen. But that doesn't happen very often. Someone's going to beat yeah, 14, them. 15, yeah, they started with uh, there it yeah, is. 30, 38 wins, tied their uh, most in D1 history. Got yeah, knocked, 38 and 1. Knocked out in the uh, Elite Eight? Semi, uh, Final Four. Okay, yeah. Final Four. Good old Wisconsin. That's right. That's right, it was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That seems like forever ago. Oh my! And gosh. yeah, to your point, Kyle and I talked about it on the podcast a couple weeks ago, right when the season was getting good and going. That talking about chemistry with the team and Muscleman figuring out which guys he wants on the floor to do whatever he wants to do. If you want to go up and down, or you want to slow it down for a half court game, or if you want to be bigger inside, yeah, he's got those pieces now that he can do that. He didn't have that last year. So he can be a chameleon and adapt to whatever team he has. So the mat, the mismatches and the matchup issues aren't there like they used to be. So if guys, and that that comes with guys knowing their role and knowing where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do. And, and, and they're bought We in. don't need you doing that. We don't need you being Gabe. We need you to do your job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and they touched on it last night. Uh, Jimmy did a good old Jimmy. 
touched on it last night. They don't, and I love that he brought it up. They don't play for themselves. They play for the team, and I I see that. Like Moses Moody, someone asked me a while back uh, after the first several games, why doesn't Moody get the ball more? If he's supposed to be this hybrid of Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones or whatever, if he's supposed to be this the guy, why doesn't he get the ball more? And and the the simple explanation is he's not selfish. You know, that's I, right. They're 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 moving the ball around. Um, you know, they're they've got design set plays. They run them not all the time. We know they like to go with that <laughs> with that muscleman up up tempo, and and sometimes they just they do crazy things. They take junk shots, whatever. But they're still unselfish. Like they play for the team. They put Arkansas first, not not the individual first. And that, oh my gosh, it's so good to see that because that's not something you always had under the previous coaching staff. You know, you I felt like you did have some selfish guys, not all the time. You know, and, and nothing against Mike. Mike was a hell of a coach, in my opinion. Did a great job of building a wonderful foundation for Musselman to come in and build on top of. And he's been able to do that, and he's doing that with very talented, taller, selfless players. And it's it's good to see. It's really good to see. All right. Discord questions. We're going to try and blow through these things because there's a lot of them. So, if you're new to the podcast, and by the way, shout out to everyone who who's listening from the Pictorial Network. I've had several of you in the chat say, you know, I finally listened to some Hog Talk podcast episodes, really digging it. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. If you want to be in on these Discord questions, join our Discord. All right. First up, Cable, I'll let you take this one. Um, who has surprised you? And again, this is a basketball question from Kelly Marie. Who has surprised you most so far this season who hasn't shown their full potential? I think, and I'll say it because he surprised me more than what I thought his ability was, and that's Desi Steals. Because he's taken that that preseason SEC all-conference label and taken it to the next level. I always thought Desi was was a really good ball player and had the ability to do it what he's done but he has surpassed my expectations to this point i agree and with that yeah that, that's just been really big time uh note uh, he played well last night 21 points but his outside shooting has not been what i thought it would have been i think he was going 27 percent going into last game and last night let's see here he was two of six so he was 33 percent last night I thought he would be a little bit better shooter than he is, uh, but as far as I thought, KK Robinson would, would be playing a little bit more. There was a lot of hype coming out of him. He just ha- we just haven't seen him a whole lot. Not sure why yet, but Mutz has reasons for everything, and right now he <laughs> is where he is on 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 the rotation. So uh, yeah, KK being where he's at right now, I thought he would play a little bit more coming into the season, but his time's coming if, if he waits it out. And, and proves that he's going to get a shot. Muscleman works in mysterious ways. That's what you're saying. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> William Watkins, one, two, three. Can the NCAA give Mississippi State the death penalty after today's post-game BS? I don't. By the way, I don't have to have the swear jar. This is me reading. Okay, people, I'm not. <laughs> all right, so no swear jar, uh, or at least kick them out of the SEC. Uh, uh, what is going on with Leach, man? I can't like. Does he have control of this team or what? I I can't figure out what's going on in Mississippi State. I'll say this, Will. I don't know about death penalty, but there. I think there will be some. I think 
maybe the NCAA might come in on this. I don't know. Who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? <laughs> yeah, that, that was Miami for international level. If you think back oh, from that fight that you had, and you had uh, I remember that. my man Lamar Thomas saying, that's what happens when you come in the, the, the OB and <laughs> deal with the U. I'm like, good Lord. So, yeah, that's what it looked like last night. Was, I remember was Florida that. International and Miami throwing fisticuffs back yeah. in the day. <laughs> I remember that. Holy cow. Where This is from Matt H. on Discord. Where do we rank among SEC teams in basketball? We are surely top three, right? I'm going to say yes. What do you think? I agree. You know, it, Right now, it's you look at Tennessee, they're far and away, the, the tops. And then right now, Missouri's behind us. And then you can look at Florida, us. Uh, so, yeah, we're right there, three, four. Hey, you know, going into the second game of the conference, we'll, we'll definitely see after Saturday. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then, yeah, you've, like we mentioned, schedule. <laughs> You're about to find out a hell of a lot more about the Razorbacks. Okay, that'll be a swear jar. I'll, I'll do that later. Bamzy. Oh, by the way, Devin H. says, yes, love the love this part of the Friday shows. Devin, thank you. I appreciate that. Bamsey says, uh, or wants to know, I know it's early with returning seniors. How do you feel or how do you see football progressing next season? What do you think? I think if K.J. Jefferson can improve his footwork, improve his release, the offense is going to take that next step next year because you're going to have Jaqueline Crawford. You're going to have... Burks, maybe Knox can find himself, but you got everybody back on your offense, especially the offensive line. They came into their own at the end of the season, had some of their best games mm-hmm. of the year right there at the end. So you're going to have an offense that's 450 yards a game. If we can figure out on defense, if we can keep LSU out of our defensive coaching staff room right now, um, I think we're going to be a bowl team next year. We have every right to go out and win six, seven ball games. Yeah. I, and, you know, talking about the seniors coming back, Bamsey mentioning those guys, how huge is it to get – I mean, Morgan, who's a, who's an All-American. He's an All-American. That's what you're getting back with him. And then, you know, obviously Cunningham, left tackle. It's so big to get those two guys back. And then you're going to have Jalen Catalan, who's obviously going to be a redshirt sophomore next year. But having Catalan back, who's an All-American caliber player – Bumper Pool, who's an all-conference caliber player, right? I mean, you're getting you got Dorian Gerald, who I still think we just haven't seen obviously enough of because of injuries. Uh, that's a good question, Bamsey, and I appreciate it. Devin H, which senior shocks you the most for not returning? That's a that's what do you think? I don't know. For not returning, I think oh, we hadn't heard anything from Tyson Morris yet, have we? No. No. Yeah, I mean, he, he would be the one. I mean, if you want to come back and still play football and have a shot, I mean, I would. I mean, he's not going to play in the NFL. So everything is played out kind of like we thought it would, as far as Marshall going, Kelly going, yeah, Franks is gone, and the ones that we've had coming back, you know, thank goodness, you know, we, like you said, we got an All American five star in Grant Morgan that went from a two star to an All American just like that. So uh, best of luck and best of luck to him on the fourth when they announced the Burlesworth Awards finalist or the winner he is a finalist he's the first Arkansas player in history so yeah well, best of luck to him but yeah everything's played out kind of like we thought it would at this point yeah I agree with that Jonathan Marshall is not a sh- is not a surprise and I know that was a heated subject in our discord that was not a surprise no everyone saw him most most people outside of maybe two people in our discord or one 
no one really saw him coming back. Let me move on to Jay Haas, and that'll be the final question. Wrap up our 2020 season. Expectations for football 2021. What do you think about all these people returning? How about that dub over the Tigers looks like a legit team? So he's got like a bunch of questions here. I'll start off with the Auburn game. That was huge. I mean, Pearl, we mentioned it earlier, that guy does not lose at home. And he he lost by 12 points. Could have been more. I was really impressed with what I saw last night. That You know, with Auburn knocking down all those threes like Cable mentioned earlier, had you told me those numbers without knowing the how that game ended, I would have said the same thing. Good, good try, Hogs. You did all right, I think. And they came away with a with a win by double digits. And by the way, that's nine games you've won by double digits, if I'm not mistaken. That's pretty damn impressive. As far as wrapping up the 2020 season for football, I have a video. I, I, I'm not going to go into detail here because that would take up another hour. <laughs> I've got an idea for a video. I'm going to grade out the year. I'll just say we kind of already touched on some of it. Really impressed with what they did this year, all things considered, with with uh, with what they had to deal with with COVID. You know the interruptions during the off season. You know the unorthodox off season that they had. All those things considered, I still think year one. I think he was the best hire. Of all the new coaches, it's probably a, a shot in the dark between him and Drinkowitz, who who really did do better than I thought he would at Mizzou. Kiffin did really well year one at Ole Miss, but I think Sam Pittman defied expectations. What a year for Sam Pittman! I mean, hats off to the guy, and it's only going to get better. Again, we've touched on some of that uh, expectations for 2021. Again, that'll come later. I do agree with Cabo that I think they're a bowl team. They're a bowl caliber team. As, as for all these players returning, it's big time. I mean, there's no doubt. We, uh, we've, we've grazed over all of this, really. But Morgan is a huge, huge return. Cunningham at the left tackle spot. A lot of question marks behind him. Getting him back, absolutely huge. Did you want to add anything onto that, Cabo? Uh, you, you've touched on everything. and. The biggest thing with these guys coming back is it provides leadership to these younger guys coming in. Not yes. the guys already on campus, but yes. you got some guys coming in that are going to be looking for that senior leadership to where it helps their progress come on. You don't have to come in and be dependent on right away. Now, if you're good enough to come in and play, they're going to play you. They've shown that. Yeah. But they, they get to – it's kind of the old Tom Osborne-Nebraska deal. They used to redshirt every freshman that came in because they weren't that, – that's the way they were in their program. Yeah. So you're going to see more of that this next year. It, it goes along with the, the log jam, so to speak. But Coach Pittman and his staff had critical conversations with every player that had that decision to make. And they told them, this is what it, – here it is. You come back. You have the best chance of being a starter, All-American, All-Conference, or we don't really see you in the mix. That's probably why we haven't heard from Tyson Morris yet. But this is the way it's going to be. So you have your decision to make. And that led them down the road to where we're going to be in 2021. We're going to have everybody back on offense, Sands, Felipe Franks, and then you're going to have a little bit deeper running back room, which we really need, but Traylon Smith had a phenomenal year. He was our RB1 yeah. most most ever, you know, for the whole year. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot of great expectations. I want to temper those expectations. That it's not a 9 or 10 win team yet, but Coach Pittman's proven how good of a recruiter he is, and it's going to show as we go on into next year 
I think we're going to start getting more of those big time recruits and be in, be in the mix in the final three or five for some big names uh, in the 22 and 23 class. Yeah, they're they're set up. This foundation that was laid in 2020 is just incredible. I mean, it really is. And, and you know, you look back on the year, it's why you signed. Number one, it's, it's how you signed that class so early. They, they know what's up. They talk with these coaches. They pay attention. Oh, yeah. They saw what happened. And, yeah, they want to come be a part of it. And then you look at the seniors coming back. We've talked about it in our, our, in our uh, Hog Talk chat, like, they're bought in. These kids are bought in. So the foundation's laid. 2021 could be something special. No, that does not mean 11-1, and 10-2. It just means it's it's uh, the future's looking a hell of a lot brighter than it has in the last several years. And that's something Hog fans should absolutely be excited about. I know I am. Cabo. Uh, Porter, even though he's a Clemson guy, don't think for a second that uh, he looks down on the Hogs. He's a, he's a, I think the Hogs are more or less his second team. Of course, no Kyle, you know, we're all really excited about 2021. The future of the Hog Talk podcast is so bright, too. It's been great, and it's been because of an audience like you guys sitting here listening to us jabber on about, uh, about the Razorbacks. We do appreciate you guys. I think that's going to do it, Cabo. This was awesome. We need to do more of these, you and I. Um, Definitely. I know our schedules are always – my schedule is just crazy as hell. Uh, but I do appreciate you guys for being patient with me on these Friday shows. And, uh, again, special shout-out to the to the audience. We will see you guys next week. Happy New Year. Woo Pig Suey. Go Hogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.